0: You're listening to My Solo Road by Divine Media. Hello friends, welcome back to My Solo Road. It is Sydney, your host. Hi, Consistency, we love her. I have been releasing an episode now every single week for many a week after taking a year off and it just feels so good to sit down and like refresh and reset and just kind of talk to you for a while and get to chat with my friends per usual. And today we have a very exciting couple of guests. Usually right now I give you like the rundown on what I've been doing, but honestly we are still, sitting in Joshua Tree and just hanging out. Travis, our friend, is here and he's just going to be like doing all kinds of small things around my van, getting it in tip-top shape for me to sell when my new van will be done here in a few weeks. And so kind of the same thing as last week. So I don't have a whole lot to say right now. Always like check out the Trova Trips, see if there are any openings. They kind of bounce around here and there. I'm not sure what it was last week, but sometimes there are openings, sometimes there are not. So it's best to just kind of keep looking maybe once a week or so. And and that's pretty much it. Today we are chatting with the Van Wives, a couple of my like online friends for many years, but not two people who I know like tremendously well. Like I know them best through online. I watch their YouTube videos, and if you don't already watch them, you definitely should. And we did briefly meet like maybe 2 years ago, maybe it was just a year ago in Baja. I was at one of our favorite beaches and Crystal and Jazz just like rolled up on one wheels to the van and they were like, "Hi, we thought that was you guys. And so we did get to meet very briefly in person. We just talked for like a few minutes. They had their dogs and then we all went separate ways and traveled all through Baja. So I'm super excited to actually sit down and talk with them today because this will probably be the most lengthy conversation we've ever had and like the best I get to know them thus far. And so yeah, anyways, introducing the Van Wives, a couple in Canada who is currently building out a cabin after van life and we will be talking about all of the above. Well, we are back. I've already done a little introduction for you guys, but I would love for you to introduce yourselves so that we can try and best distinguish voices. Although I'm not, I'm not 100% sure if it will help, but let's do our best. (laughs) I think it's good. I have a deeper voice. I'm Jazz. And I'm Crystal. Yeah, you can. I sound deep though. It is more different, I feel like, than I was expecting. Yeah, you're right. Okay, Jazz and Crystal, we have you here. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you for having us excited. Yeah, so you guys have been doing like off-grid van life, all kinds of stuff for several years now, but I was watching your last video, which I had not seen yet, and you started discussing the idea of like off-grid and um, like these days it not looking one cookie cutter way or having like a checklist of you don't have these things so you're off-grid or you have these things so you are like not or whatever. So what does off-grid living look like for you currently? What is your life off-grid like?
1: Our off-grid life is definitely in motion right now. So
0: it is very,
1: I would call it glamping at its best right now. So we don't have like an indoor bathroom without doing like 10 other steps. Or we don't have like a fully functioning kitchen. We do have an island where we can cut food. We have a stove, a fridge, which is amazing. But all those things that like a home have necessarily, we don't necessarily have it yet. It is in the works we're working towards it i would say our van is definitely more of a home than our cabin is right now
2: and off-grid life is a lot of work like for sure off-grid life is a lot of work but i think that right now it's a lot more work (laughs) for it to function
1: yeah because we are like in the video we like showed like the spectrum of off-grid it would be really simple for us to basically build a battery system like our van has and run off that however we want this to be an off-grid home so in order to do that, you, have, you need like 240 volts, so it's more than 120, which is like very dangerous. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of technical and it's a lot of bigger jobs that we have to do, like digging trenches under the ground so our water doesn't freeze. You know what I mean? Like we've been living in trenches for the last five months, four feet in the ground with excavators and we decided to buy land like that because we wanted to start from the bottom up and we wanted to watch it happen.
0: That is so interesting, just digging from the trenches. Honestly, we love that. I feel like that's that's the biggest reward possible. Like, at the end, you've got to be looking at your house. I don't know any other, like, two women who have started from something like that and then, like, you're literally building from just land and creating an entire home. That's pretty impressive and crazy. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Sun call is crazy. I do. You'll, definitely. Have, yeah. you'll have
2: to come out here though. You got to see it in real yeah. life. Drive your van here. Oh
0: my God. I would absolutely love that. Where in Canada are you like roughly? Nova Scotia. So the complete East, like the last province in Canada by the ocean. Right above Maine. Yeah. Okay. So is it even further East than Quebec? Cause I have been to Quebec. It is. Okay. <laughs> okay. I thought that Quebec was like the most East I could possibly get. But no, no, I guess like the
1: Maritimes is like out here. A lot of people don't really go up here. It's very, I think um, it's pretty underrated. Some people
2: forget about it. Yeah, Yeah, which I kind of like. Yeah, I mean, it looks beautiful. That's the vibe, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah. How close are you to, like, civilization? What's the nearest, like, not just, like, a corner store, but, like, grocery store, coffee shop, restaurant, like, how far away is that?
1: 57 minutes, says my GPS every time I type it in.
2: However, (laughs) to get to the real good stuff, it's an hour 40.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. But, like, civilization, under an hour. That's pretty
1: solid. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. It's a cute little town. There's not much there, but there's the hardware store, and that's all that really matters (laughs) at this point. So it's nice to have that. But yeah, good old Costco's only in Halifax. Oh my God, love Costco.
0: Okay, so how did all of this start for you? Was van life your first, like, quote unquote off grid experience ever? I would
1: say before we were ever online, we had a Honda Civic, not gonna lie, and we would just go in that Honda (laughs) so far. Like we would have a weekend off and we'd drive like 16 hours up north and be like, let's go camping. And this was with the dogs too, Bella and Izzy. And basically we were like, this is a very small car. And I noticed that someone online, Kit Whistler, do you follow them? Idol Theory? Yeah. She made a quote being like, People say I can't have kombucha in my van, but people have dogs in their vans. So obviously I was like, research, 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 dogs in vans. Like what's going on? And then I figured it out and then we bought a van. Took eight months to convert it. And I would say that's when like the real off-grid came into play because we weren't just living off battery packs. We actually like installed an off-grid electrical system that can charge more than a phone a day. But yeah.
0: Yeah. When was the van like compared to now? How f- long ago was that? I think we bought it in 2017, but we are
1: converting it for a year. And then we, mo- we moved into it. So 2018. And then we lived in it for a year And then we started YouTube a year after that.
0: How long have you been van dwelling? Long. I remember you. Yeah. Well, so I started in 2017 in a sprinter, October of 2017. So not much before you guys. But I was in a sprinter with a guy from Chicago for like seven or eight months, which honestly most people, especially people like just now following me or something, know absolutely nothing about because I never talk about this, but it just really feels irrelevant kind of like we didn't go many places and the relationship ended after like seven months of kind of like being a lot at home and then whatever. And so then I built out my second, the, like the van I have now. And he ended up in the like midst of the breakup. This is like the juicy details. When we broke up, he took the van or I angrily was like, just have it, like take the van. I don't even care. I'll start all over. And then of course, like a week later, I was like, oh my fucking God, I cannot believe I just said that he could have the van and I would start over. And so, yeah, it took me several months to get back on the road. But then in 2018, I always say I started van life in 2017, but it feels like like, nothing really started until 2018 when I moved in this van with Ella.
2: Well, you did it. You did it. Good
0: for you. I did do it. (laughs) Solo. Yeah, I know. And honestly, it was so much better. Like, I feel like I just learned so much in those three or four years before Henry. I think it was three and a half years. And so, yeah, it was just, it was the best time ever. And so, okay, back to you guys, though. Okay, so was uh, van life, like, was that the first thing that you guys have ever built? Yes. Well, I built a skateboard ramp in grade five, if you want to count that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you had experience going in. Oh, yeah, That skateboard ramp definitely crashed as soon as I hit it, for sure. Okay, well so the van then, that was the first thing that like cabinetry, batteries, electrical. How did you learn how to build that? Was it just a bunch of YouTube? I think it becomes first passion.
1: So, I remember working and I was so passionate about the van build. The van build. I'd be at, either at school in or at work and I would just be drawing out our layout 24/7, measurements, researching how to build things so that would be like researching on YouTube or just doing forums. But we just became like the electrical. I don't really think you can, I don't know, it's really hard to learn electrical online. Like you can get like you can buy a diagram and connect the dots.
2: Also, things have changed. Like I feel like quite a few years ago when we were building our very first van, the knowledge that was out there was so minimal compared to what it is today. There's so much good information out there now. Yeah, when we rebuilt our van, I remember being like,
1: Why wasn't this out before? Like this is amazing. Yeah, you could you can do anything. But when we first built it, we made a lot of mistakes. Like a lot, like Honestly, it was one of those Vans, our first build, that looked really good on like a camera. And then if you walked in it, you'd
0: be like do you even know what you're doing? <laughs> it's just like screws everywhere. Yeah. But we learned and then we rebuilt it. I feel like uh, there, there were so many friends of mine and myself included, especially the first van where it, that was the case. We're like, I feel like the photos of my van like looked pristine and people were like, oh my God, that is so cool. And I was like, yeah, but just don't touch that or like don't go <laughs> over there and don't open any cabinets because literally everything's going to fall out of them. But like, it looks really that, that picture I posted, it
2: sure <laughs> does look nice. Looks great. Yeah. That fold down table in the yeah. back, like for sure works so put a <laughs> yeah. glass on on <laughs> it. It just falls right over. And the dog hair and the sand in every crevice and yeah. every
0: covered. And- yeah. Oh, boy. But Cabin yeah. we got better at by the second time around, so. Did you just rebuild the same van, or did you have two different vans? Rebuilt the same van, yeah,
1: when we came home, after trying to make it to Argentina. We just decided to do the van again. I really like the old model of the Sprinters. I'm very stuck on them. Like the T1N? Yeah. We know the engine. We can fix it when it breaks down and all that. So I'm very stuck on it. However... It's getting very old now. Like it's twenty.
0: It needs love. Mm -hmm. I'm not a sprinter fan at all. I that's just Henry loves a sprinter. Henry I mean, it's like the family feud. And it's funny because I just worked with Ford and Henry is like a Mercedes ambassador now for the next three years and they literally gifted him the van. And so he is like Mercedes full force, loves a good sprinter. And I just I wanna see a million miles on one. Because it's the million mile engine. Everyone that I've ever talked to, the T1Ns by far have been the best, like, reviewed. Like, in terms of my friends or people who have ever lived in one, I've always heard the best possible things about the T1Ns. But even like newer sprinters, people are like, well, I just needed to take it in for like general maintenance and get this done and this done. Not too big of a deal, but it like ends up taking even a week or two and like maybe a couple thousand dollars. And I love that journey for you, but like, I've never done that one time. (laughs) Like, never in four years. My van, I've done brake pads, rotors, which are or you have to do on any vehicle pretty much and tires but like I've never taken my van in and been like I'm just here to get service b I'm planning on spending about two grand and and that's going to be my experience this week. Like, I've just never, that's never even crossed my mind.
1: That's literally service B. You're right. Service A, $1,000. <laughs> service B, two grand. Yeah. I think where we saved a lot of money is we did all the services ourselves. So what I did is I actually mm. emailed Mercedes. Well, I called them saying, hey, could you email me what each package entails? And they emailed me their whole checklist. So I would just do their checklist. And I would literally oh. do it for $300. And I'd be like, well, that was silly. Yeah. Like, it- what, part of their thing is checking your seatbelts. That's on service B. They ding your seatbelt. Does it still lock? <laughs> no, like, yeah. is that ridiculous? That's ridiculous. It's
2: actually silly. And yeah. some of the things, like, you know, the change of a fuel filter is a simple task. It's just it's knowing how to do it. And if you don't have that knowledge and you, you know, you're not interested in doing it, you are going to pay for it. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Right.
1: I am kind of team Ford right now, to be honest. I will be completely honest with you. I would like to try one. We did in Puerto Rico, actually. But I would like to try one that's, mm-hmm. like, for full time, not for, like, renting a van.
0: Right, right, right. Oh, a big reason Henry likes the Sprinter is because you feel like you're sitting up higher than other people. Like, you feel like you're kind of driving a bus or, like, a closer to a semi. Like, you feel bigger. And I like the opposite about the Ford. I like that I feel, no matter how huge my van is, because the one I'm about to move into is a 170. Like, the ford equivalent to 170 and it still feels like i'm driving a camry like i feel like i'm driving just a little car i can whip that thing around all over the place and it doesn't feel like i'm driving a bus but henry likes the feeling of like if i'm in a car crash i'm winning like that's his feeling and i i don't like that
1: the sprinters are pretty luxe too like they're Mm. very luxurious they're beasts yeah they're they're very strong yeah they are engines which is nice but It all depends. Like, how long do people really want to keep vans for? Like, do you want to keep a van to a million miles? Or, like, do you want to just keep a van for, like, I don't know, five years, right? Like, you never... People are always selling their vehicles, so... However, I will tell you, we have a subscriber on YouTube. And I can't disclose their name because they are very private, but... They have a Sprinter that hit 2 million kilometers. They message us. They the message set, us. Yeah. And they told us everything to do to keep our van <laughs> safe. So literally, we have 2 million. And I'm like, what is going on right now? Of course, it's a diesel, and it's just a roaring. It's a 2006, yeah. though. That's what yeah. makes sense. Maintenance is everything Oh, my God. On that's diesel. honestly
0: so impressive.
1: I know. But, like, how many breakdowns have they had? That's what I want to know. Because we've had a lot, and hefty ones. Yes.
0: That honestly is the... That's required information, because if it's cost you fifty thousand dollars to keep it to get it to two million okay maybe that's still worth it for some people but like as someone who's not handy and i would end up paying the two thousand dollars for service b i mean i would like to check my own seat belts and just tell them to cross that one off the list but like in terms of the more complicated things i think i'm a little bit too nervous to break something or mess something up and not know how to fix it and just make something so much worse yeah, maintenance <laughs> is hard
1: and breaking stuff it's scary and you'd be what? the one that pays two grand you're right i broke a one thousand five hundred dollar part in our van before the egr valve snap broke it
0: right not worth yeah. it but i'm also i'm definitely not shitting on sprinters people are obsessed with sprinters everyone's like I, I feel like the people who are love sprinters are like all about them would never get a ford transit and would never get a promaster so you know to each their own oh for sure i would never get a Pro
1: I Master. know <laughs>
0: nothing dodge because of dodge reasons as well but like our friend is here a few vans down and he's in a promaster and my ford transit the one i have now is not all-wheel drive and so even just coming down this road though my van like just gets over a few little bumps very easily and like his promaster is like he was like I don't really know if I should be going over those things and I was just like oh my god I just can't imagine that would stress me out so much because we go down so many dirt roads right that's the fun of it all even do yeah
2: that's the fun of it all and it's the clearance on them right Lift
0: kits they exist but still No, I don't like Dodge. I I honestly did not mean to go off on the Transit Sprinter uh, tangent, but that is, it's a household discussion (laughs) in this house. I mean, I'm Transit all the way and he is like so Team Sprinter, it's not even funny. So these are conversations that we always have. Okay, so you guys build out your van, you move in, and then how long did you travel for in the van? Where all did you go? What was your van experience like in general before your cabin life? We
2: drove across Canada, down the west coast of the States, and then pretty much right into Baja after that. No, we went a little bit inland into the the States there. went to like utah Utah, arizona Arizona, explored california and then we went down to baja we spent six months in mexico and and it it was amazing mexico is the best place to be in a van for sure and after that we headed down we crossed over because then we crossed over to mainland Mm. mexico's great spent so long there. oh my god
0: mexico is so fun well that's where i met you guys for like five minutes yeah and on the beach yeah i noticed ella <laughs> yeah i said that on the beginning of the podcast that you guys i was like they just one wheeled right up to the back of the van and i was like no shit i think that's them <laughs> like, just two girls with uh two aussies just running up <laughs> hi hi yeah, yeah bella and ella loved each other they're very similar wild guys. oh yeah they are wild i'm so used to just apologizing for ella like a thousand times a day so how long were you guys in mainland mexico for
2: I think it was about five or six months. And then we headed down to Guatemala. Yeah. And from there, that's kind of when we turned around in 2020 and came back to Canada.
1: We were on route to Argentina. But basically, yeah, COVID happened. So we were like, what do we do? We're in Guatemala. And a subscriber reached Mm -hmm. out. So we lived on their family farm for, I don't know, a while just trying to figure out what to do, and then we were, like, p- planting mango and lemon trees and avocado trees, and it's so beautiful. Oh my God, then- that's so cool. <laughs> I know, and, like, so disconnected, but as soon as we would connect on our phones, because we don't have, like, anything, right? That's, like, when it got spooky, and we we're like, okay, I guess we should go home now,
0: because everyone's going home, so. Right. We drove back out. You were out. already on, like, making weekly videos at that point, weren't you?
1: Yeah, we started November... I don't know the year. exact date. But I, I do. I love YouTube. <laughs> uh, I think it was like November like 14th or something like that. I think that was like when we first started posting and that was right before we were
2: crossing into Mexico. That's our video anniversary, I guess.
0: Were people on on YouTube giving you shit for like traveling and stuff during COVID? Were you getting any flack for that on, on YouTube? Because I feel like I was getting so much shit on
2: Instagram. I feel like no matter what you were doing, you were just trying to figure it out at that time. <laughs> Anything you did was wrong. Yeah. Nothing was right. So It was just like you're trying to figure it out. But that's kind of like why we ended up coming home because we were like in our own bubble and we were like hey you know everyone's really worried at home maybe we should go home and then when we got to Canada we ended up hanging out on the west coast for a while and then eventually we just like stumbled upon this property and that seemed to solve a lot of our problems and made us very very happy (laughs) yeah yeah
1: I would say we always wanted a cabin but COVID definitely progressed that faster Because we would have still been just driving to Argentina, right? Like, we would have been... Yeah, it's kind of like a
2: kickstart. Right. We'd probably
1: be in Colombia at the point of when we bought the cabin. We'd be like, okay, cool, we're in Colombia. Because in Canada, it was super strict. Like, you couldn't even leave your province. If you were from Ontario, you couldn't couldn't go to Quebec.
0: Yeah, I remember hearing that and like no one could travel into Canada for a very long time.
1: Yeah, and we couldn't leave for a very long time.
2: Do you ever have plans to go beyond Baja to mainland or further? Yeah, I mean we would love to. We've only gone two years
0: prior to this year and with all the animal rescue work we do in Baja and then like the the two years that we did go, it just like because of schedules and like random things and having to constantly get packages I feel like for like brand stuff, we end up just doing Baja. And then after like six to eight weeks, we like have to scurry back up and get into the United States. But I would love to.
2: It's so nice. You're like that close to Baja. Baja like the go-to. I am so envious of everyone there right now. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to be on Instagram and see everyone down there because everyone's there. I, <laughs> I wanna... told Crystal
0: to go. Oh my God. You should just go. Try I know.
2: and live in someone's
0: van. Oh my God. You definitely should. We're very spoiled. I feel like that we can go down there and just, especially with Starlink now, I don't know if you guys have dabbled in Starlink. Game changer. I know. No. everyone in Baja has Starlink now like I was talking to some friends that are down there and they were saying that like they have Starlink up on their roof and literally everyone in Mexico right now like along the beaches just all you see is Starlinks on top of every single person's vehicle
2: I love to hear that we're running off of Starlink right now our whole life is running on Starlink mm, it's and the cabin yeah yeah I you know
1: because you can't get cell service like for the middle of nowhere it's an <laughs> accident
2: we haven't experienced it on the road yet but I can only Im- I to be honest, like when you backtrack, you know how we were talking like a couple years ago when you first started in van life. Can you even fathom what it would mean to have something like Starlink on the top of your van? Like, you can is- stay
1: anywhere for however long.
2: It's a whole
0: new experience. I know. That was the number one struggle, or I feel like, especially the number one thing that prevented people from being able to do van life for so long. Yeah, it just, I feel like everyone who's doing it now, I mean, they've got it made, honestly. And I'm still doing it, so I guess I can't complain because I'm so happy. Henry has Starlink, and so I just use that. But in Joshua Tree, cell service is honestly spectacular, so this is why we love camping here. It's always solid. So, okay, what did that moment look like from going from van life to cabin life? So, you kind of explained that it was because of COVID and you already were, like, wanting to buy land of some kind so i'm just curious what that conversation looked like between the two of you were you just like stalking something similar to zillow and just looking at land and then one day you were like i think this is it
1: yeah we funny were... story we were broken down on our most expensive breakdown oh. in our sprinter van so we were in a hotel and we were like just searching you know
2: but right? we were looking everywhere uh-huh. at this point yeah like, we weren't just looking at we so were looking up.
1: mexico canada the united states oh. we were
2: like we want somewhere green or somewhere open somewhere remote and we want to put like a baby cabin on it That's what we were thinking. Or, like, live Mm -hmm. at our van
1: there, build a deco for our van. Yeah. And then we found this place on Viewpoint, and it was, like, super affordable. Even if, like, it didn't come with the cabin, we were, like... Because we bought it blind. We were on the other side of Canada, and we were, like, let's buy it. Five acres, great. It's less than a pickup truck, the cost of it, and it comes with a cabin. Like, who cares if the cabin's not that good? Like, you're paying for the Mm -hmm. land at this point. And turns out the cabin had good bones, and it was ready to go. And... It was very nerve-wracking, but we bought it.
2: (laughs) Blind. The conversation, yeah, totally blind. we would (laughs) never seen it, and we actually had zero idea, like, if it was floodplains or, like, if the cabin was actually going to have to be torn down. It worked out really well. I don't know how how that works out like that, but it it did. And the conversation kind of looked like, what do we love most about the van? We love the van when the doors are open, when we're in these awesome, beautiful places where, Mm -hmm. you know, we're in nature. And we're close to a lake. How do we do that right now, and how do we have that but make it our own. Like, it's so nice, but you're always, like, on public lands or here or there or moving around. Like, how do we have that and call it our own? And that's kind of how the cabin came yeah. to be. So when we read the description for this place, it was it basically said off-grid, no electricity,
1: road is not maintained, mm-hmm. and this was an old logging road with property for sale, which is pretty cool. So it was like what we would search for the van with and park, but now we just can't get kicked out. Right.
0: Which we love. So you, you feel like you would make that choice again if you could go back and buy that cabin?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I was, I was like looking, I was like, is she going to say the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I mm-hmm. right yeah. in your videos, you seem like super happy, upbeat, like positive vibes and so does is that how it feels on a daily basis to be like you are in the middle of nowhere which I for one I mean that's how my personality is like I enjoy kind of introverting and just being away from civilization a little bit but has that like affected your mental health at all especially with like how freezing cold it is and having tons of snow and stuff making it probably a little bit harder to get to the 57 minute away town like on a daily basis does it feel like how your videos kind of feel you know what I mean
1: for sure 100% like super happy to be here all the time and like love it but the hardest part is definitely isolation and we have talked about
2: that more in our recently. last video
1: and it's and a couple other videos actually but i wouldn't i'm very like you like i like being out in the middle of nowhere i think it's more so that my family's 18 hours away that i can't just be like mm-hmm. i'm coming over you know what i mean even though i we kind of were yeah. like equipped for it because of the van we never were really around but i think the van we knew we could just like go back where this is like more permanent and if like we ever wanted to start a family, it's like their grandma is so far away. You know what I mean? Or grandma's, mm-hmm. I should say. Yeah, for sure. But definitely, this is our first winter here, and this is why I told Crystal to go to Baja, because you No, can I can here. definitely
2: speak on that, for sure. Like, the winter, I, anyone who's listening to this will relate to what I'm about to say. Winter is just a struggle. It's, it's just cold, and it's just dark, and it's been... A wave. It's been good, and it's been sunny, and enjoying the snow. But it's also been dark and cold and lonely, and a lot. Everything about what we're doing out here and being off grid, it's like being in a van in winter. It's like very similar. If anyone's ever experienced that, it's everything that you're doing. It you know for your daily life in your van or you know your off grid cabin is harder in the winter. So it, it, there is something to say when it comes to that for sure. We are trying to show the hardships of winter and portray it as it is winter just got here though really but really we also have luck out this year it's been pretty mild well and you guys are
0: not (laughs) even just you know like slightly isolated with winter you're also in a temporary struggle of like literally being in the middle of building this entire house so I feel like right now it is also kind of the thick of it
1: yeah like a construction zone like I can't just be like hey Graham come on out to my house because like where's she gonna go to the bathroom right she's like I can't come until you have a bathroom like okay and power I'm like okay I'll get there (laughs) so it's like it's hard to invite people we'd love to have people but it's just you have to be okay with being uncomfortable if you want to come which a lot of van are, but not everyone is.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. I was going to ask you guys, you might've said this in the video and I missed it, but where, because you are going to the bathroom in an outhouse. I see. Yeah.
1: We built that. I see.
0: Where- <laughs> I did say that so professionally. Where are we going in the middle of the night? Where, what are you guys doing? I hold it. How are I we? I don't go. <laughs> okay.
2: No, no. We're going in an outhouse. And this morning, the reality is, is Jasmine chipped away like a half inch of ice, ice. off the toilet seat. <laughs> It's pretty brutal.
1: I wish I took a video of it. I totally forgot. And I was like, I'm so disappointed. We are getting the
2: polar vortex though right now. So it's going to be negative 40 Fahrenheit for the next two days. So it's super extreme. Like hurts your face. And so (laughs) this is going to be like the outhouse is more painful right now for sure. Like we do have a toilet though called the Cinderella
1: toilet. Have you heard of it? No. It burns your poo. Like it lights your poo on fire.
0: I saw one of those in a van, but it was, like, for a van, it didn't seem that practical, to be honest. It, like, used up a lot of power. The one that I saw, it might have been a different one, but it, like, used up a ton of power, and so this guy was, like, yeah, it's, like, a $50,000 electrical system, and I was, like, I don't think you need to be burning up your shit in the van. I mean, he was also living in San Diego, so I was, like, dude, come on. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, just that's silly. That's yeah. a lot. As scenario- Ours is not electrical, so it is propane. I mean, it is, it's more fit for, like, a house or a cabin due to the size of it. It's big. But it Mm -hmm. should be like a pretty cool off-grid alternative than going to the outhouse. We're gonna try to install
1: it
0: tomorrow. Wish us luck. Fingers
2: crossed. Oh my god exciting.
0: Yeah. Okay so neither of you are peeing in the middle of the night. Is that the consensus? Oh I I have a good bladder. No
2: I'm going to pee like multiple times a night and there's a winter breeze coming in and your cheeks are chilly and at the same time you (laughs) soak the fire and you wake up warm. You lose a little but you gain a little. Cabin's warm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Honestly, I needed to know that because I, that's the one thing in the van that is such a pain in the ass because Henry also holds it all night long and I just don't even understand. I wake him up like five or six times probably by getting out of the van constantly because I, I don't even have a toilet in this van. I haven't had a toilet in five years and so I'm just waking him up. It's honestly stupid. It's Are you getting a toilet? A zero out of ten. Tell me you're getting a Yes. Okay. To- I am. I'm getting the like, oh my God, I'm going to forget the name of it. It's the space toilet. It's the one with like a foil that you, yeah, yes. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't and it like wraps
2: it up and kaboom, it's. Great. Yeah, nice. Sydney, you deserve yeah. a toilet. I'm proud of
0: you. That's good. Thank you. I honestly do deserve a toilet. I have just been slumming it, which is fine. Like, at the beginning of van life, I was like, oh my god, this is so funny. I'm shitting in a bag. That is so embarrassing, yeah. but nobody knows. And then I'm like, dude, you're, I'm 27, about to turn 28. and I've been <laughs> shitting in bags and outside for five years. Like, it's not funny anymore.
2: <laughs> okay, this conversation, like, it's- pooping in a bag is, like, something that had been so off limits for me for so long, but let's talk about it. If you don't have a toilet, you're all- <laughs> obviously doing that you i have just- a dedicated bowl you have a bag and you go and then you mm-hmm. walk your poo to the garbage shame walk oh i God. put it in a dog bag oh, for so sure. no one could tell However, I have heard of these new things that like solidify it and like have a deodorizer and I was mind blown. Have you heard of these?
0: Yes, Henry exclusively uses those because I for a very long time was using trash bags and like I would like get the plastic bags like the nice, especially in California because you have to pay 10 cents a bag. So they have the nice like target bags like when you buy groceries or something. I would use those. But at REI, I mean, I I can like afford these now. But at the beginning of my life, honestly, I didn't know what I was doing at all. I also didn't even know what they would have at an REI. But like if you go in there, you can buy like a 10 pack of these like fancy bags and they do have like a deodorizer at the bottom of it. I've never held on to one long enough to like actually know if it's liquefying my shit. <laughs> like I just, I go and then I toss it. So I, but it, it is supposed to do that in theory. But I will say I met a guy at Dog Beach in San Diego and he, we were talking and he was telling me, cause now I guess these conversations are, I feel like are just within five minutes of meeting van people. Somehow you're just talking about this. But he said that he's been taking bags from Dog Beach for like a year and shitting in the doggy bag. And I was like, you must be practicing hard with the aim. Cause like, I feel like I- That's what I was (laughs) going to say. That's great aim. Yeah. I would not trust myself. Like, could I probably do it? Yeah. If I was sweating and like had to go right then, I would use a doggy bag. But like, I would I would do anything possible to not do that. To
2: avoid that. That is such skill. Also, like, how seasoned <laughs> are we that we are rating quality of bags right now? And like, like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's honestly not a bragging right, but I feel like when you live in a van for some reason, it, like, becomes one. That's what happens when you live without a toilet, because we didn't have a toilet in our first build either. Like Toilet top.
1: Yeah, it's hard. Well, it's kind of fun. I kind of miss those days. Not gonna <laughs> lie. We should bring back the bag <laughs> to the cabin.
0: I'm surprised that you guys didn't, like, that you don't have some sort of weird van thing, like even a Thetford toilet just sitting next to your bed, so you could just, like, pee in the middle of the night without going to the outhouse.
1: We should just install, like, a pee filter. Like, we had that in the van. Like, you just drill a hole. We should have. Why didn't we? I just pee off the deck now, to be honest. To be
2: honest, I like the view. I know it sounds funny, (laughs) but, like, going and looking at the stars at night, it's nice. Oh, too
0: cold for me. Yeah, no, not for me. In the summer, I would be so down for that. I mean, even in Joshua Tree, it's, like, freezing at night. I'm just like, I cannot believe I have to pee again, but I will never fall asleep if I don't. Don't go The things we talk about On My Solo Road We love a good podcast My conversations. Okay, next question on the actual list. As I try and get back to like normal conversation, did either of you grow up or have experience off grid to this caliber at all, or was van life
2: like your true first experience with anything like that?
1: Van life was definitely our like our true first
2: experience. Yeah, other than like tons of like tent camping, like backcountry stuff, like yeah,
1: portaging and canoes. That sets you
2: up for like quite a bit because that's like the most minimalistic experience. However,
1: it was like disconnecting when we would do those things. Where I feel like van life. We were... It was full-time. Yeah, it was full-time. It was was, our first
2: apartment together.
1: Yeah, our house. House. Um, Right. Yeah, so it's different. Like, when you go... Of course, we had, like... We loved nature. We would just be constantly... Either, like, backpacking different countries or camping but we didn't we weren't like working online at the same time or working like we used to work as like servers Mm. live in the van
2: so like doing life full-time off-grid in the van was like a whole new experience yeah thanks for summing up my thoughts you're welcome (laughs) yes what has been the
0: sweetest reward in the cabin like one thing that you guys as soon as you finished you were like oh thank god this is gonna change so many things
2: Feels like everything changes everything. I feel like such a broken record every video. I'm like, this is going to change everything. This is a game changer. Honestly, I want to make that the title every week. This changes everything because it literally does. I think like one thing that like will always stick out to us that was so hard was putting the roof on this cabin. We did it on our own. And typically it's something you want to do with like three people. And we did it just the two of us with no experience. And so that's obviously a huge milestone to the date. One sheet of metal weighs like 100 pounds
1: and you're lifting it on like a... 40 foot staging plus then laying it on the roof so it doesn't leak and it's straight and you're like i don't like heights and i just had to be up there so i would say the roof is probably one of the most important things because well now our cabin's not gonna leak which is quite nice right and the biggest accomplishment and I would no, never do honestly, it again. Okay, so if you had to do
0: it again, would you hire someone for that? I would hire, I would probably hire help, but I would still want to be involved.
1: Yeah. Just because I find that like when you do something yourself, you can control exactly how it's going on. And we're like perfectionist when it comes mm. to the building. And I notice like when we've hired trades, they just like slap it sometimes and I have to end up redoing it. And I'm like, oh, I just want I even do this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah so we've been actually finding really cool tradespeople people that allow us to join in on it. So they were like teaching, yeah, we're we have, doing.
2: We have locked out that way. I don't
1: know how we've locked out, but everyone has been like, Porter's allowed us to drive his excavator or taught us how to drive an excavator and like do a driveway. Adam, our electrician, because our system's so big, it's 28,000 amp hours. It's like a lithium bomb, basically. It's pretty scary, but he's allowing us to like make the lugs. Like I don't really want to touch anything because I, you know what I mean? But he'll allow us to do like some connections, uh-huh. but which is quite nice. So yeah, I would hire someone, but only if I could help. If not, I'll do it
0: myself. Right. I feel like it's so nice that both of you guys seem to be on the same page about, like, all of these types of things. Like, I feel like it definitely takes a unique person to go under, like, such a big... have Like, go through such a huge project.
1: Yeah, I don't really know how, it, how we found each other.
0: <laughs> Fate! <laughs> well, I just feel like that's so cool. You guys seem to be on the same page in terms of all of those, like, bigger things. You're like, yeah, this is the land. This is a cabin. Who knows what it even really is going to be like. But yes, this is what we're going to yeah. be doing.
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm more of the, let's do this. But then Crystal actually puts my like billions of thoughts into motion. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'll be like, we need a driveway. And I'll be like, we, an excavator makes a driveway. We need someone to drop us off gravel. And she'll do every single phone call in order to make that thing happen.
0: And then we just do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. It's honestly so impressive. It's insanity. Like I mentioned earlier, I was watching your last video. Do you edit your own videos or do you have an editor?
1: No. So we now have an editor, which has been, I love Colin so much. He is, he started with us it's been a year almost now, right? Of having Colin on the team. It's almost our whole year anniversary. And Colin, it's pretty funny how this all worked out, but Crystal used to go to high school with Colin. And Mm. then when we started posting YouTube videos, Colin reached out to Crystal, hey, if you ever need any advice on editing, let me know. Like, I edit videos. And she never told me. Anyways, then when I found (laughs) out, because I was editing all of our videos for however long, and then when I found out he offered advice and, like, help, he started training me for like the
2: two years, right? Yeah, two years. Yeah, so he taught Jazz like a ton of things. But like the moral of the story is like he is so much more than our editor. At this yeah, point. like he's he like,
1: like a, he's a van wife number three. Like <laughs> he is a van wife. Like <laughs> that's what we He's call got him, the right? hat. He's got everything. Like we are just he. I would like trust him to make decisions for us. Like he is such a good human being. And yeah, so he basically he taught me everything in editing. And at one point, like he edited a vlog and I edited a vlog and we literally edited the vlog the exact same and i was like calling
0: oh my god that's so cool yeah so yeah you were like you're
2: it and yeah like the cool thing is is he didn't want to edit for us until we got to like a certain caliber and he was able to be like okay like you know like let's take this to the next level and he's taught us so much but i think like one of the most important things like as you know in in this space is you know having a team and having people to support you and you know put your Mm -hmm. brains together and make things come to life so yeah having an editor is very important yeah
0: yeah and I'm sure you guys work together, but like, especially the last one, I just feel like in particular, I don't know what it was, the first like two minutes even, I, I turned it on with Henry and I was like, oh my God, who is, who has the talent and the time to be, like the detail of editing is insane. I don't know if everyone watches a video with that lens. Like they're just enjoying it as like beautiful entertainment. But as someone who absolutely hates editing, I was just watching it like, oh my, there, the amount of things I just can't, I can close my eyes and just pick picture what that looks like in the editing thing- software being like I, I just can't even <laughs> oh I can
1: show yeah. you my timeline you know what to funny? be honest I edited
0: that last video so
1: that's why I'm like smiling ear to ear because uh-huh. Colin's been off for a month so I've actually been editing for the last little bit
0: for the last four weeks you specifically edit that intro though
1: yeah that intro yeah. I it took me eight hours but so I'm telling you right now, the first two minutes took me eight
0: hours. Oh, you can tell. Honestly, you can seriously tell. The it was so intense. Like I I see a lot of really beautiful intro videos, like yours included, other van peoples, Amon and Beck, great intros always like captures your attention and stuff, but that one in particular, it was just like the timing of the text, the timing of the like everything. I was like, this is, I feel like it was so professionally made. It was like for sure elevated. I feel like even compared to some of the other videos I've seen of yours, which are always really good, but it was just like, I feel like that in particular was phenomenal. Intros
1: are very important. They're almost more important than your thumbnail nowadays. I don't know if you've dabbled into that side of YouTube, but I don't know if you've noticed when you're scrolling on your phone right autoplay so first 30 seconds yeah.
2: knock it out of the park got to hook them
0: yeah yeah. Well, and you know who's actually really good at that too. Now that I say that, it, Kara and Nate, I feel like have got really good intros and like editing situations. Yeah, yeah
1: they're very like good. creators. Yeah, well,
0: all of their yeah, their videos are amazing. I was going to ask you though, kind of that, like, if for myself who's dabbling in long form, I have put out three videos over the course of several months. <laughs> Inconsistency is my forte. But what would be your best advice, as in like, what is one thing myself or someone else should start doing for YouTube videos right now? Like, what's your the first thing that comes to mind? is like you have to get on that I would just say jumping in
1: with two feet is the most important thing I know you said consistency but being consistent and giving <laughs> someone like Grey's Anatomy why do you think it's been on the air for the last however many years 18 years mm. because it has a consistent time storyline and everything so the consistency and also nurturing your community i think is the number one thing because that's the glory of long form is people are literally clicking on there like you could eat oatmeal in a lifestyle video do you know what i mean because they literally just want to hear you talk so if you nurture your community like we answer like all the comments as well as many as we can now but at the beginning remember we, we mm-hmm. spent like eight hours on comments one time and which is, like, good, but obviously you can, like, create a video, like, half a video in that amount of time, too. But nurturing your community is,
2: like, And you can do that, number th- one. like, through the video. That is, like... The one of our favorite parts of long form is like really engaging and connecting with the people who are watching your video, and so if they know the next time that you're going to upload another long form video. It's really important that if it's like whether it's like every other week or once a month or whatever time, they know when you're coming back. So
1: yeah, I don't necessarily think that like posting weekly is like the thing to do. To be honest, I think one amazing video a month is perfect. Do you know what I mean? Like if you just put a bunch of time into one video, or you could do yeah but jumping in two feet i think is important so it's like you want to make this video the best video you can make and then you're like you give your video value before you've even put it up to the platform and then people hopefully like it
0: yeah do you feel like if you do youtube with like jumping in with both feet do you feel like you really have to spend most of your time utilizing that platform specifically and not putting in as much time to the others
1: Well, I mean, if you have a team, you can definitely do other, you can definitely do the other platforms as well, but you, long form content, it takes a long time to make and then it takes a long time to edit. So it's going to, it's going to take 40 hours a week.
2: If you're making a 15 and 20 minute video, it is a full-time job in a way. And well, I mean, the glory is, is like now with short form. We're on the other side where we, we want to start creating more short form. We're coming from long form. So the opposite situation of you and We just don't know how. The good thing is, is now you can kind of cross pollinate where you're taking all of your short form and sprinkling it everywhere. But long form, in a sense, it it is taking up the majority of our.
1: Yeah, I think. But if you have a team, you can definitely do that. Or because the last thing you want to do after editing a long form content is to make a short. You're done with that vlog. You just spent the last twenty five hours. Twenty (laughs) five hours. Like last thing you want to do is make short form content. You deserve a break. Literally, your eyes are like this,
0: and you're just not having a good time. But, yeah. yeah.
1: I think YouTube is the best platform out there. I would, like, bet my life on YouTube over any other platform out there, personally.
0: Okay, but why is that? I'm so curious. I don't disagree. I just don't know enough about YouTube, and I love YouTube. Like, I spend more time on YouTube as a just consumer, as a person, than any other platform. So, it's like, it's funny that I utilize it that way for entertainment, but I prefer short form videos because I do, I mean, I have ADHD. I'm like, I couldn't stare at a video for 25 hours. Like, I like shooting the video for a few hours, editing for a few hours, post it up by 5 p.m. next day onto a new, whole new topic.
1: Yeah, you're really good at short form. Like, really good. You are cute. It. Yeah, absolutely crushing it. We're always looking at it for sure. <laughs> yeah, they're so good. They're so sleeping good. at Cracker Barrel, sleeping at Walmart. It's so funny. Those are like the things I never wanted to show, and I'm like this is the best content ever, like, how you sleep at Walmart, you know? It's so entertaining. I know, it,
0: well, it's funny, because it's, that has changed over time, like, you know, a few years ago, people really wanted the beautiful side of it, because they thought it was so terrible, and so they're, like, the, the glamour shots were what got their attention, and now everyone has seen the glamour shots, so they're, like, we want to see you at Walmart, I know you're sleeping at Walmart. Yeah. And I'm, like, well, this is what it's like sleeping at Walmart, it's not cute. <laughs> it's so like true. But people like perspective now. Yeah. There's a
1: whole yeah. shift, eh, now, that's what we've uh, been talking about with, like, life on the road, like, with van life and whatnot
2: you're really good at it though like your voice like the way you like the writing the text everything like you've got it down it's cool like it's so thank cool you. to see you growing. oh my YouTube. god thank you
0: it's really that's good that's how i feel watching your guys' youtube videos i'm like how do they do this i it's beyond me
1: <laughs> we'll just we'll just smash our brains together you might as well like you learn one thing we learn one thing and then you just now yeah. you learn two things
0: yeah okay well so tell me what what is it that you love about youtube so much i just think it's
1: like an amazing platform that you can literally connect with people there's a difference between like you said like you're just like scrolling right next 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 Mm -hmm. where the long form I feel like you can you can gain like an entire Mm -hmm. community
2: who's really engaged really engaged Mm -hmm. and it's very personal like yeah very you're Mm -hmm. giving more in a way you're letting people in I Mm -hmm. mean that's that's our situation like that's not YouTube in general like I mean I'm speaking from a biased point of view like we are lifestyle we are sharing our life well if I was gonna say I'd like Google and YouTube, they're one, right? They mm-hmm.
1: they have like I h I don't even know if you can call it a server, but like they pretty much own the internet. Like no way like right. Instagram could like take over in a sense. They're the only ones doing long form content. Like I would say YouTube is more competing with like Netflix. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally like in the long form because the amount of work that creators are doing for their videos now on YouTube is incredible. Yeah. Like
2: like short films, like it's, it's changing so much. People are
1: spending like $3 million on one YouTube video. That's wild in my eyes. Like when did YouTube become this platform that people could like literally create a living and like, help others in the process of it like do you know what i mean that's why I yeah for
0: sure i mean the first person that a comes to mind is mr beast in terms of like spending so much money on his videos like and he only makes like he'll make like a nine minute video and he's like we're gonna be giving away one million dollars today i'm like jesus christ who's paying for that (laughs) like it's it's some company that just wants to be a part of him but yeah i know what you're saying and i think it's really cool too that like youtube is probably the only platform i mean maybe there's like a one-off from instagram or tiktok but like I feel like there's been several from YouTube that are so good at the long form and there's, there is such a a personal element to it that they then move to Netflix shows or like, you know what I mean? Like now people on YouTube videos, I see in the comment section, people being like, get this person a Netflix show because this looks like a Netflix documentary or movie.
1: Yeah, literally.
0: It's so true.
1: It's very impressive. Like Michelle Carey, her videos are like, I don't know if you've ever stumbled across her. I don't think so. I ran a marathon in the world's hottest place. She has taken like traditional filmmaking and the YouTube formula and smashed them together and makes incredible videos. Like incredible. How often is she doing it? Once a month, I think.
0: Okay, honestly, the once a month thing really does me well. I feel like I could do a good video once a month. (laughs) But I couldn't couldn't do it more than that. (laughs) I just once a month is very intriguing it's a very intriguing thing and I think you should do it it. yeah (laughs) I could do my best we will we will try
2: can Um, I ask you a question just quickly how many like what is your short schedule I wouldn't say I have an
0: exact schedule but I try and do I also have my assistant slash good friend she posts all my shorts and so I don't ever tell her like there needs to be this many but usually I post everything first on TikTok and then the next morning I post it on Instagram I like TikTok to have it first I don't know why I feel like it performs better when I do it this way and then usually like two days later she'll post it on YouTube as a short and Facebook as a reel and we so we try and do like three shorts a week I would say. I was really lucky just in that I already had like a library of TikTok videos when YouTube came out with shorts and so I had like 50 videos to just like get the ball rolling and then that consistency I feel like YouTube started kind of preferring my videos because now even when a video doesn't perform well on TikTok and Instagram I feel like there's been a couple of times where I post It as a short and it'll get like a million views. I'm like it got shit views on the other two platforms, but YouTube is like really it likes me right now (laughs) for shorts only.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So shorts are I'm pretty sure they're handpicked. If you get handpicked, if your short goes up, you are like they're like I like Sydney. Is it
0: handpicked? Yes, and they put
1: you into a
0: bigger audience. So yeah, they're paying for shorts now, which I just didn't know. I like just signed up for that
1: yeah February 1st I think we got the email yeah I don't know how it all works I haven't read the fine print but I think it's similar to TikTok that's also why I love YouTube is they
0: support their creators how long has Instagram been Instagram and not paid their creators oh my god I could talk shit about Instagram all day long no I do not like Instagram I love my Instagram followers because those are the people who like I've had a relationship with the longest that's where I started in 2017 and so those people just know me the best but oh my god does the platform suck like it's not even just the pay creators which they do not do and is annoying, but like the amount of glitches and the amount of problems, the amount of times I go to like post a reel on Instagram. And even in the app, like I edit out of the app, but then in the app, you just have to do final touches, music, text, stuff like that. Almost every reel you see of mine, including today, I like doesn't post. And so then it just says preparing for like 30 minutes and I try and post relatively early in the morning on Instagram because they always perform better. And so it's like noon and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm just gonna exit out of Instagram and redo that whole thing. Like, does it take forever? No, but it is Thirty minutes. I didn't feel like doing twice, and it does that so often. This sounds like such privilege complaints, but it just really is like I don't have those issues anywhere else. And so it's like Instagram, dude, get your shit together. Honestly, you are yeah. for some reason still the standard. Like everyone on TikTok and on YouTube, I feel like is always pushing. Like you know, follow us on Instagram when you can, even though we all hate Instagram, <laughs> like collectively. Yeah. So I'm like, why? Why do we even care necessarily? But whatever i've also been working the hardest for the longest on instagram and that's now where i have the least amount of followers so it's like it doesn't even reward me yeah it's
1: definitely harder to grow on instagram i think than any other platform tiktok is definitely the easiest to grow for sure so
0: easy to grow on tiktok yeah well what are your goals for 2023 Uh, what's cabin life looking like what's the next steps what's YouTube going to look like for you guys? Ooh, I like this question. Th- these are
2: great questions. I think the cabin just get it to a place where it's super comfortable. It's feeling like a home. Everything's functioning together um, because it is an intricate puzzle. And YouTube, we want to continue making weekly videos, but we want to bring in more value and more purpose and start expressing ourselves in new ways. And we want to keep learning. That's kind of our goals. So yeah, uh,
1: it definitely expand the lane. We want to, like after the cabin is done, we definitely want to start like a different journey and do different things, but always have this cabin to come back to to reset, if that makes sense, charge the batteries Mm. and, and whatnot. Now that we have a team like Carly and Lily in the management at night, we are working on some pretty big projects as well, which is super exciting. So we have merchandise coming And we are going to be starting a podcast. Oh my god, exciting. Yeah, so there's different things now that like, it'd be really cool to start different business ventures, I think would be really fun just to connect more. There's so many things that we want to say on YouTube, but YouTube is a space where it's a video and you can't really say as much as you would want Mm -hmm. to say, right? That's why I love podcasting. I think it's, we are always listening to podcasts. Like If I'm cleaning the house, I have a podcast on. If I'm driving, there's a podcast on. So, it'd be really cool to dive into that. Yeah, some big projects at the cabin. Definitely finish the inside of the cabin. And then YouTube. YouTube's very hard to say what we're going to do, I find, because it's always...
0: When do you think that you will, like, be close-ish to finishing the cabin? I know you probably don't have, like, a specific deadline, but, like, is this a season 3 moment? Is this a season 10 moment? Yeah,
1: like, there's probably... I mean, I feel like I could build here forever. You could just, like, keep building things and building things. But I guess we've come to a point, it's like, why are we building these things? And we want everything to have like a purpose and value, not just to build something, just to build it because you can make a video out of it. It's like, why do I want Uh to build this? Which I think is super important when you're making content is to have that why. So yeah, as long as we have the why, we'll still be building. And if not, then we'll be doing a why somewhere else. Whether that's like truck camping, we're very intrigued in right now. Sounds like a long list. Yeah,
2: truck camping. (laughs) We got a long list of things
0: because it's (laughs) January now, actually. Hello. What are your plans for yeah. the year? also all over the place. I also tend to have, like, what I feel like, oh my god, God, that's such a good idea. But I'm like, you know what? That sounds like maybe 2025 I could actually get to that. Like, it just, time goes by so quickly that I, I just am trying to be realistic. This year I am launching a clothing line. What? It is, I know, it's very exciting. I went to school for fashion and I was always like, oh my god, I can't believe I went to school for fashion. That's so embarrassing. I live in a van. Like, I have, like, no clothes. And then now I'm actually trying to, with, like, a team of people, which is so fun. It really is so exciting just, like sitting on a call with people, which I'm sure you guys are experiencing too. Like it just, and everyone just being like, okay, so what are your ideas? I'm like, oh my God, I, f- I feel so creative. Like why everyone's looking at me? <laughs> like why? And so that, that is really fun. That's one of my favorite things to work on every week. So I'll be doing that this year. I think next year I would like to be writing a book. It's my all time life goal to have a New York times best selling book that I've been manifesting that since I was like nine. Wow. <laughs> so that is on the docket for probably next year because I don't think that that's something that I I could do this year. But I mean, other than that, I think consistency and Henry and I would like to buy a home this year. So that's big that'll be my first house ever. Where? We kind of were looking at Joshua Tree, which we were originally looking at and then we started traveling and we were like, no, maybe closer to, like, Boulder slash Denver, like, that whole area. Because I'm getting a new van, he just got a new van. So it doesn't make sense for us to find a place where we are gonna live for the next 10 years. Like, I think what we're looking for is something that, like you said, just kind of a place to come back to and reset. A place where, like, we can actually keep our things in one place instead of, like, my parents' house, his parents' house, a random storage unit. And, And, like, Joshua tree the weather's always warm so no matter what the rest of the country is like weather wise we can always run yeah, here nice. and not be like extremely cold and it's just like it's close to a lot of things baja san diego you know it's it's easy to get to from several places so yeah house here married next year book next year big plans just, big
1: plans. I just love it. living, living
0: life. life i'm also trying to do a little bit less this year i feel like the last few years i've had my head down trying to make money and like make a living because when i first moved onto the road several years ago i like wasn't doing that and so that's what i've been focusing on and now I am a little more stable. And so I just feel like now I need to get back to like fun and just living and enjoying being on the road. So
1: yeah, I love that you said that rest is definitely super important. It's actually where all your creativity comes as well. So good for
0: you. Yeah. Thank you both for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it. And I can't wait to be on your podcast. And yeah, will you let us know where everyone can find you and... The platforms that you are all on. Thank you for having us. It was so great was to so chat nice. to you.
1: And I'm glad that you'll come yeah. on our podcast. Love it. Can't wait to chat. We and, get, and we get to talk, we get to ask you questions next time. Yeah, Crystal's not good at getting it's, questions. It's, this is hard. Have you noticed she always
0: asks you a question back? She's really not good at people asking her <laughs>
2: questions. Well, I don't know how this works. Like, this she, is our first ever podcast. Like this, I, I appreciate I was it. Today. Oh my God.
0: Well, I get more nervous to, and I do it every week, but I get more nervous to have a podcast when I'm on someone else's. I'm always like, I can answer questions all day long, but like, to be the one asking questions, I'm like, I have to keep this on the rails. And my mind is like in too many places at once to actually keep things on one page. And so, yeah, I have a harder time doing this. But I love it because I get to talk to my friends. I'm sure when you do the podcast, you'll, like, experience that. I say it almost every week. I'm like, I just love sitting down with my friends and getting to talk to people, especially people that I didn't know as well going into it. And now this is, like, we ha- get to talk to it for an hour and a half. This is, like, gives us a good reason to you do the it. Best.
1: <laughs> that was great. Love it. That was so good. Thank you for having okay, us. Okay, well,
0: Van Wives, Crystal and Jazz, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. We're on them all. Okay, well, we will talk soon. And, yeah, thank you again. It was so good getting to talk to you guys. Oh, you're a hoot! Me too. Thanks, Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bye, guys.